Welcome to the H2P podcast here on DKPittsburghSports.com. I'm your host, Chris Carter. We're here on a Sunday. Unfortunately, not a victory Sunday for your Pitt Panthers. They fell 38-34 to the Miami Hurricanes at Heinz Field. If you want to read my full breakdown on the game, go to DKPittsburghSports.com and check that out. But we'll say this. There's a lot of different reactions you can have to this game. You could be upset at the referees. You could be upset at the defense. You could be upset at you know Kenny Pickett for throwing two interceptions. I think that's the wrong take, by the way. Kenny Pickett uh, still has only three interceptions on the year and is through for 519 yards, the most in pit history in a single game, and uh, continues to shatter records. I think this the biggest thing to take from this game is more of a sign of what's to come if things aren't fixed on defense, and whether they can be fixed on defense. Now, what am I talking about? I'm talking about the passing defense, of course. Pitt's pass defense continues to get picked apart when they face an accurate quarterback who can throw from the pocket. It's what happened when they played Caleb Ellaby. It's what happened this game when they played Tyler Van Dyke who although someone's going to say, oh, freshman quarterback, how'd you lose to that guy? Uh, I, I wrote in my pregame pit kickoff, this dude is the kind of dude that could give Pitt trouble. Because there's a lot of college quarterbacks out there that can run. There's a lot of college quarterbacks out there that are big. There's a lot of college quarterbacks out there that can manage games. But if you're the kind of quarterback that can be a big, big-time big playmaker and a big-time passer to different parts of the field, which Van Dyke was, you're going to give Pitt problems. In fact, John Patricia talked about their game plan being different for Tyler Van Dyke than it was Derek King, who would have been Miami's quarterback had he not been hurt. And I'm here to tell you, I'm pretty sure if Derek King plays that game, Pitt wins this one walking away. But that's no excuse, and that's not meant to be an excuse for Pitt. Bottom line is, Pitt still can't get, um, Pitt still isn't able to figure things out on the back end. Part of it is simply. They just, you know, they don't have the guys to play the way Narduzzi plays defense sometimes. There's times when it works. And really, Pitt's defense is either uh, they make big plays on the front end, you make a mistake and they capitalize on the back end, but if you're an offense and you get guys running downfield, it just seems like naturally those guys are going to get open. Pitt loves to run those quarter defenses or situations where, you know they're not bracketing too many receivers. It's often one-on-one situations that you're throwing that the teams are throwing the ball downfield, and Pitt just isn't in the situation. It doesn't doesn't have the defensive schemes to match up and force those type of problems. Now they they get pressure. They can stuff the run when they're being you know showing gap integrity, which they didn't early in the game. They started to figure out a little bit later, but. Um, the bottom line is that, you know, when you look at at the numbers in this game, and, I mean, Tyler Van Dyke, 32 of 42, 428 yards and three touchdowns. Pitt's given up over 1,000 yards of offense in the two losses they've had. That's that's inexcusable. You can't just – that's not something you just throw away and just be like, oh, well, they'll get him next time. Now, I don't think this is a doom and gloom situation for Pitt, and I'll explain why in the second segment. But the bottom line is when you look at how this defense played, and there were times where it worked. Early on, they gave up three consecutive touchdowns to start the game. You can't afford to do that. 
They bounced back for a little bit, and there were about four or five drives where Pitt's defense got the ball back to the offense with a chance to tie or to tie the game or take the lead. And unfortunately, Pitt's offense just each of those times stalled for different reasons, whether it was an interception from Kenny Pickett or a um or just, you know, things didn't work out, or they had a couple calls that didn't go their way. There were a lot of calls that didn't go their way in this game. It just wasn't enough. And this is part of the problem when you're a team that depends heavily on your quarterback to carry you to victory. Now, they haven't really depended on him, I'd say, as much, nearly as much in the last few games. Even though he's played phenomenal in all their games, and even in, the, even in their two losses, Pitt, Kenny Pickett's still been phenomenal. But against Clemson and against Virginia Tech and even Georgia Tech, you saw the defense come out and make some big plays, especially against Virginia Tech and Clemson. They were able to challenge different parts of the field, create big plays, create big turnovers. They did get a big turnover with John Patrician's interception. That was a huge turnover, even though two guys had to slip for it to happen. They got those plays. So the defense has those big play capabilities, but when an accurate passer is all it takes to break you down, you're going to run into those guys in college football. And I tell you right now, they got two more coming up on their schedule soon. Pitt gets a kind of a reprieve with Duke. They need to blow out Duke next week because Wake Forest did that this week. But the weeks after that, you got North Carolina and Virginia. That's Sam Howell, who was a Heisman favorite going into this season. Hasn't played up to it, but also that's part of his offensive line. And then there's Brennan Armstrong with Virginia, who has been phenomenal this year and putting up monster numbers that everyone's looking at. Those are two guys who, if your pressure doesn't get to them, you're, he's gonna have they're gonna have chances to show those big arms off and throw the ball down the field and test that secondary that's been getting diced up. And I said before the season, I felt like this could be a nine-win team. Nine and three was right where I put them. They can still be that team. But Pitt has to handle its business against Syracuse and Duke and has to come into those games with a better plan on the back end of the defense. You know, Narduzzi's system on defense, and, and I keep saying Narduzzi, not Randy Bates, because this is what Narduzzi's done. This is, this is what he was at Michigan State. This is what he continues to be at Pitt. It is his system. His system works when you have amazing athletes at safety and cornerback. You know, if Pitt was able to um, if Pitt was able to make, you know, it was able to go out and get some some really superstar defensive back recruits, this this defense might be unstoppable. You know, get a get a five star safety and a five star corner with you know a couple three star guys at safety and and corner to play off of those guys, you'd be you'd be golden. But they don't have that now. Brandon Hill, I think, is a, is a really good athlete. He flies all over the field. He still just kind of has to figure out you know, his place. He's still figuring things out. Eric Hallett, I think a solid athlete that's adjusted to the position. Just a, both guys still adjusting. There's, this is their first year fully starting in, in, in either safety spot. And there's times where you see a communication breakdown at the wrong point in time. And when you, and when you do it enough that it's like four or five times a game, those are four or five times that some teams are going to capitalize on. And make no mistake, against Clemson, there were those kind of mistakes. But Uwe Ayo 
I'm pretty sure I messed that guy's name up. You know what I mean. Clemson's quarterback, DJ Uyajalele. I'm going to get that right. But, you know, he tried a deep ball and it was just dropped. And then there were other deep balls he just didn't even throw. That's the problem here. That's the problem is that they, they that against those other teams, Burmeister with Virginia Tech, Georgia Tech's quarterbacks, Tennessee's quarterback until they put in Hendon Hooker because he's he he does he's done this with Virginia Tech before. When they had Joe Milton in there, those were running quarterbacks, or those weren't accurate quarterbacks. These guys were. And it continues to be the bane on what on what Pitt hopes to be its best season in the Narduzzi era and its best season in the past couple decades. Pitt still has a chance to have that kind of a season, though. Obviously not 12-1 and anymore. They're 6-2. and two. But what stands in the way of realistic goals for Pitt? A lot of people were talking about, well, no more college football playoff, and duh. That wasn't really ever going to be realistically talked about here unless you were just a hopeful Pitt player or Pitt fan. But there are realistic things on Pitt's radar. We'll get to those things right after the break here on the HTB Podcast on DKPittsburghSports.com. to the H2P Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here on the DKPittsburghSports.com Podcast Network. You can download us for free on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and anywhere podcasts can be downloaded. Rate us five stars, gives us positive comments, really helps us out. Now, a more bigger picture here in the second half of the thing. Now, first of all, I, I want to address this. I thought Kenny Pickett, though he threw two untimely interceptions, the first one was on him. He hung it up way too high, and he had Jordan Addison wide open for a touchdown. If he just throws, he lobs it up to Jordan Addison in the end zone. Different game. The second interception, though, you know, talking to Jordan Addison and Kenny Pickett, they were like, there was a miscommunication. Miscommunication. Addison, you know, read read the safeties differently than Pickett did, and he went one way. Pickett thought he'd go the other, and that led to the pick. And if they are on the same page in that situation. Pickett hits Addison for a touchdown, and Pitt, and, and Pitt takes a lead late in the game. Doesn't guarantee they'd win, but they'd be in a good spot. Now, on Pickett being out of the Heisman race, I still wouldn't say that. He put up 500 yards of offense, was still lighting, lighting up the boards through three touchdowns. Yes, the two interceptions look bad, but... I mean, I, I'm not sure if I look back at this game and say, oh, man, you threw an interception where your receiver went through, went a different way than you thought. You don't get the Heisman, especially because there's no Trevor Lawrence this year. There's no Deshaun Watson. There's no Lamar Jackson. There's no Baker Mayfield. There's no guy that's, like, just destroying everything in his path as a quarterback. Now, Michigan State's running back, Walker, That's a, you know, maybe he's in that conversation. But there's, there was no guy that came into this. If, if, there, if there was that guy, it would have been um, – uh, it, w- it would have been uh, you know, UNC Sam Howe. You know, it would have been some of the guys that they had 
um, that they that they had. Hopefully, it would have been Spencer Rattler, who was a big talked about guy before the season. It would have been one of the it would have been you know one of the big names. But all those big names have kind of folded. You know, you, maybe you got yourself a Bryce Young, maybe a Matt Coral, maybe a Brennan Armstrong. But Pitts Pickett's still right in the mix there. And if he's able to still put up monster numbers, and let's face it, he's put up monster numbers almost every game. If he's able to still put up monster numbers and Pitt wins the ACC Coastal and and looks good in the ACC championship game even or wins it because of him, he absolutely will be in the Heisman race. I don't doubt that for a second. But let's address the thoughts and the you know some of the comments I saw in the comments section and on Twitter about Pitt potentially being in the ACC or the excuse me the college football playoffs. Now. I wouldn't say it would be completely unrealistic to say that Pitt could have made it if they won out. I think it is now. I think it, I think you can't. Even if Pitt wins out the rest of the way, they finish what ten and two. They win the ACC. They're gonna get a good bowl game, but they won't get a college football playoff game. Even if they had won out and gone eleven, what eleven and one, and won the ACC, that would have been a really tall task. Because you need a lot of teams to lose. Cincinnati, I don't see losing. Um, you know they're in the they're they're a top five team. They'll be cemented in the top five for some time. You're still gonna have teams from the Big Ten. Michigan State took out Michigan, so Michigan's out the way. But Michigan State jumps up into that, and then eventually, you know, Penn State. Penn State, you know, in that Ohio State game. No, full disclosure, I'm recording this during that game, so I don't know who's going to win. It's tied at 17 right now, but Ohio State being in the mix, either way, there's going to be a Big Ten team that gets up into that 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 top four. You still got Oklahoma at four, Oregon at seven, Iowa took a dip, you know, at number nine losing. But even if Pitt went all the way, won out the rest of the way, beat uh, uh, uh what will probably be a top ten Wake Forest team if they keep going undefeated going to the end of the season. It would be a tough stretch to put them in the top four. They they might make, you know, top fifteen, top ten, if they can get back into their winning ways and have some impressive showings out there. But that's not going to be good enough for college football playoff. But let's get back to remember what the beginning of the season, what we were talking about right here on this show. Realistic expectations for pit football, and that was a nine win season, which is what I've been talking about this entire time. Nine and three. Haven't had a nine-win season under Narduzzi yet. Now maybe they'll, maybe, you know, maybe maybe that's st- uh, that's definitely still possible. They've got they've got they're six and two with four games left. But I look at this season and I remember at the beginning of the year I'm like, man, if this team can get nine wins, they they did something. If they can get to the ACC championship game, they did something. Now, I know that it's probably changed a little bit because Clemson isn't the superstar dog that we thought they would be. And that was the team that, you know, thought eventually you get a collision course with them in the ACC championship game. You know, you probably lose to them. And then you're like, okay, well, you did better and you moved on. They can still have a banner year if they finish with nine or more wins and win the ACC. And then maybe you get a good bowl game to play in. That puts Pitt on the map a little bit for some of the recruits that you're trying to win. That's what you that that's what you're still looking at here. You gotta have that kind of a season. And that's absolutely still attainable. Now, 
I think a lot of people were penciling in Pitt a little fast to win the ACC Coastal, partially because no team has proven to be uh, significantly consistent. You know, you look at the at the ACC Coastal as it stands. North Carolina is probably going to lose to uh, Notre Dame here because that game's going on as I'm recording this. They'll fall to three and four in the conference. You got Virginia. They're right behind Pitt. They're sitting at four and two in the conference, but they play BYU much later tonight. I'm not waiting for that game. Uh, BYU uh, ranked number 25. If Virginia wins this, they will probably be, be getting consideration to be ranked themselves because um, they'll be seven and two. But that's out of conference, so that won't really impact the ACC standings at all. But you look at the you look at the division. You've already beaten Virginia Tech. They're sitting at two and two. Miami's now nipping at your heels because they're two and two, so they're, you're, they're, you're only a game up on them, and they have the tiebreaker over you. And that Tyler Van Dyke is playing well. So in your last four games, Duke must win, must blow them out, control that game from start to finish, show that this was a one week thing. North Carolina short week Thursday night football. Got got to limit Sam Howell. Can't let him crush you. You win those two games. You'll be eight and two. Playing Virginia, and then it might turn turn into a shootout. But that's still a game that you can win. If it is a shootout, because you got Kenny Pickett, they got Brennan Armstrong. You put your big quarterback out there against their big quarterback and see who wins. This is a very forgeable path right now. They can absolutely get the get, get a get you know get some get the W's to get themselves to the ACC Coastal uh, Title Championship, and then of course the ACC Championship. And again, I just I think that there's a lot of people out there, and there's some of them are the are the you know the the people that want to see Pitt fail. They want they 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 like they like the misery of Pitt fans, and they're like, aha, you're not gonna make the playoffs. Like, listen, buddy, realistically, Pitt had a very long shot at that, anyways. But if Pitt truly comes out here, plays well these these last four games, goes nine and three or ten and two. That's what's going to be what what everyone remembers at the end of the season, especially if they can take that to an ACC title game and win it. That's the goal here: win the ACC. Kenny Pickett even said that after afterwards. Like you know, we asked him about all the records because he broke Dan Marino's record of most touchdowns by ever by a Pitt Panther. He broke Alex Van Pelt for most total yards from scrimmage uh, by a Pitt Panther. You know, broke the most most passing yards in a game by a Pitt Panther held by Matt Gonzalez. All these records he shattered, and he was like, "Listen, I don't care about records. You know, right now we got to focus on getting back on track and beating Duke." And that's who Kenny is. He's always going to be like that. He's focused, and that's the thing. I don't think this team. And I wrote this in my column. I don't think this was a letdown game. I mean, it was a letdown game, but I don't think this was an overlook of a letdown. It wasn't like a, "Oh, you know what? They're Miami. Whatever. We'll beat them. Let's let's uh, let's take it easy this week. No, that, that's not what happened. Pitt was very much they were paying attention to some different things that Miami beat them with last last year with the F shoots and the T shoots that I wrote about in my article, my pregame article, and Pitt took those away because Miami did try them, but Miami hit them up with other things that Pitt still just wasn't good enough to defend on defense, 
And unfortunately for them, Kenny Pickett just made a couple mistakes and didn't make as many of the big plays as he has in some of the recent weeks. To me, that doesn't mean that Pitt stinks. It just shows that, hey, Kenny Pickett's the reason they're here. And sometimes if you don't have multiple star players like that at different positions that can create wins for you on their own, this is what happens. But again, the goal is still in sight. Don't lose sight of that goal, Pitt fans. Your Panthers go out here, finish with 9 or 10 wins, get to the ACC title game. You're going to have everything everything to cheer for when they're in that game if they get there. But they got to get there first. And if they do, don't be afraid to tip your hat to Pat Narduzzi for putting that together. If they don't, don't be afraid to come with the criticism because I surely won't. That's what we have for you on the H2P podcast. We hope that you enjoyed the show. Hang in there, Pitt fans. You got a, you got a week to play Duke here. Shake it off. Watch some Sunday football in the NFL. I'm Chris Carter here on the H2P podcast. Follow us on on a uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are hosted. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Be back in the ears very soon with more on your Pitt Panthers.